1: Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I recently read a blog on the internet, and one line in it caught my attention. This is what it said. There is a hunger for something new to happen, therefore our time before and during Holy Communion needs to change. In other words, if we want God to do something new, there's a price to pay. We had better shape up. Immediately, I thought of the words of Jesus, where he said, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the Pharisees will always try to get you to pay a price for that which has already been paid for. Everything God wants to do in and through you has already been paid for by Jesus. That's the meaning of grace. Paul said this, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, we often hear this kind of thing being taught that If we were only willing to pay the price, we would see more miracles taking place. It's a myth. Maybe the reason we don't see more miracles is that we think there is a price to pay and we're just not paying that price fully. The glory of the Christian life is that God works in and through us, not because of us, but in spite of us. He works in us because of Jesus. This is Set Free with Ken Legg.
0: And thank you for joining us today with the tail end of a discussion on miracles this week. And we've been talking about some myths about miracles. Ken, you've given us plenty to think about. Uh, Do you believe the idea of needing to pay a price in order for God to do supernatural things is a myth, really? Yes, I do, Phil. Uh, You remember the, the churches of Galatia, which Paul
1: established in The Grace of God? They came under attack from legalists who tried to drag them under the law. Now, Paul wrote to them about this and he called them back into the liberty of the gospel. You remember, he, you know, he used terms like you foolish Galatians mm-hmm. <laughs> who's bewitched you. You know, you've been ripped off. You've fallen from grace and so on. But then he asked this question. He said, now, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? In other words, Did did these miracles happen because you fulfilled commandments and laws and paid the price, or did it all come about by the working of the Spirit, by by the grace of God?
0: Mm. So where did the idea of paying a price come from? I mean, if you lead a holy life or you pray more or you fast, and then you'll see more miracles, you know, those kinds of things. Good question. Um, I think that basically we are works-oriented, and so we tend
1: to think that God only responds to some kind of payment. You know, a common one is if you will sow a seed, then God will give you financial blessing. Mm. Now, is that true? Are we blessed financially only as we give to God? So we've got to give to him first, and then he'll give to us. Now, actually, that scripture that talks about that, that's talking about our our faithfulness as stewards. If we prove faithful in what God has given to us, we'll be given more on his behalf to manage. We are blessed not because of our giving, but because of Jesus' giving. Listen to what Paul said. He said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Now, are we made rich through our giving, through our seed sowing, or through his poverty? The Bible says it's because of his poverty that we're made rich. He poured his life out. We're enriched as a result. Now, you look at the context of that, Phil, and that is definitely talking about in the area of our finances. Now let's just get back to what you said before about, you know, if we live a holy life or a better life, will we then be more qualified as candidates for God to use us and to work through us? Mm. Well, Peter was used by that miracle. He performed many miracles, but after one miracle, everybody come and looked at him and, you know, sort of stood in awe. This is what he said. He said, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look to us so intently as though by our own power or godliness? We have made this man walk. God didn't say, these people are really godly. And so let's pick out who's the most godly one, Peter. Okay, we'll do a miracle through Peter today. (laughs) It wasn't long ago that he just denied the Lord. You know, he'd only just been restored a few weeks ago. So uh, Peter said, this has got nothing to do with us. This is God.
0: It's grace. And I guess that whole idea of us needing to pay a price to God is kind of foreign to the idea of grace. They're polar opposites. Grace means it's free. Jesus said, freely you've received, freely give.
1: Yeah. Phil, as you know, we've been looking this week at the biblical account of the healing of Naaman the leper. Mm -hmm. And there's a very interesting sequel to the story that illustrates that point that you've just mentioned. Uh, You know, he was healed of leprosy. And then if you read the story, um, he or rather his servants brought a whole lot of money to Elisha. They wanted to give him this payment. You know, they wanted gold and silver, I think it was, clothing and so on. And Elisha said, no, he adamantly refused any form of payment. Now, why did he do that? Because there were times, obviously, when the prophets received, you know, ministries, um, ministry support, financial giving, gifts, and so on, because that's the way they operate on, on the free will, love offerings of people. Yeah. But this time he said, no way. Now, why is that? Because the whole event was a beautiful picture of salvation. Uh, if you ask any Bible teacher, they'll say that um, one of the greatest types of sin in the Bible is leprosy. Uh, it just so illustrates it in, in so many different ways. I won't go into that now because of time. Um, and of course, Naaman was full of leprosy. He was sent to the River Jordan, where Jesus began His ministry. He, Jesus Himself, presented in him there, as you know, to John the Baptist, representing uh, a race of sinners. He was baptized, indicating that He would come under the judgment of God for our sins. So the whole thing was a an enacting of the gospel. Mm. Now, at the end of it, here comes Naaman. He wants to pay Elisha. He says, "No way! You'll break the type. You'll spoil the lesson that's being." You know we're portraying here, but as he went away uh, with his gifts and his money, uh, the servant of Elisha called Gehazi. He saw everything that had happened, and he snuck out and he went after Naaman. And he caught up with him down the road and he said, Ah, oh, excuse me, um, my master's just sent me to you and uh, we've just had some visitors arrive and uh, he's changed his mind. He would like the money. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so, she, you know, Naaman says, Sure, you know, and gave him these bags of money and uh, everything. And he brought them back. He thought that, you know, nobody had seen. And incidentally, Elisha wasn't out on the balcony looking at everything that was going on, mm. but God revealed it to him. And so he confronted Gehazi about this. He says, Didn't my heart go out after you when you did that? He said, You shouldn't have done that. He said, hear the words, Phil. He said, Is this a time? Is this a time to be receiving money and to be receiving clothing, olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? In other words, this is the wrong time because you're adding something there to the gospel that it's it's costing, that people have to pay a price to get God to bless them and to forgive them and to work in their lives. It's all by grace. Mm. and you've broken the type, and the the leprosy of Naaman is going to cling to you.
0: Mm. Some people might have joined us just for the first time uh, in this conversation this week. We've been talking about miracles through the course of the week. Can you just give us uh, a bit of a sum up of some of the myths about miracles uh, and some of the other things, just briefly, as we close today?
1: Yeah, well, we started by saying, of course, that God is a miracle-working God, but that we can put limits on him by our thinking and our mindsets. Uh, Some of those, as you said, you know, there's different ones. Some are that uh we have got this concept of that God does miracles on demand we can just demand a miracle no God does miracles to glorify his name because he has compassion upon the people and in accordance with his will he's a sovereign God uh, so we mustn't test God in the areas of miracles uh, he doesn't respond to that kind of thing also we we need to lay aside Phil we said our preconceived ideas about miracles of healing which, are probably a product of our religious culture. That is, that God does miracles at a certain place, at a certain time of the week, and through certain people only. Mm. So we can find miracles to our church meetings or our miracle crusades, whereas often miracles happen in the marketplace. Uh, they're often unexpected, they're those God moments that we weren't even thinking would come upon us, and we, we seize those moments by faith. Another thing is that um, miracles are always spectacular. That's a myth. Miracles can sometimes be very uh, very subtle, very silent, very quiet, very small in their appearance, but they can lead to great things that, uh, uh, you know, just like the mustard seed that we spoke about leads to this great tree. And then another thing that we've just said, and we've been talking about that today, the myth of thinking, and this is a big one, I believe, that there's a price to pay if we want to see miracles. That's probably the thing that's going to cancel the grace of God out of our lives. Jesus has paid it all, and uh, our our role is to respond to what God wants to do in our lives. Mm. You know, we respond to grace by faith. And so, let's just be open for business. Let's just be available to God because he's a miracle working God.
0: that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, shop online at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.